My Hockey Hero is proudly supported by eBay Canada. My name is Dean. Ever since I was a kid, I collected hockey cards with spare change my dad gave me. As a black person, to see others like me on the ice inspired me. I didn't see myself as a black hockey player. I saw myself as a hockey player. They were my role models and showed me hockey is a game for everyone. When you're on a hockey card, it's, it's pretty cool. I've collected 100 rookie cards for NHL's black and biracial players. And I'm going to talk to all of them so you can learn their stories. I was never really into cards. I was a very active kid that, uh, you know, I think I was pre-ADHD diagnosed. <laughs> I never really sat still or even watched much hockey on television. Jean-Luc Rampierre was born in 1977 in Montreal. He played for the Buffalo Sabres, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Atlanta Thrashers, and the Washington Capitals. So how does Jean-Luc feel when he sees his rookie card? Uh, old wooden stick and a mustache to try to look older than I was because I was probably about 20-year-old on that picture. Just uh, figured that, you know, growing a goatee or some kind of beard, which, by the way, my mom hated, absolutely. It was nice to look a little more of age in case somebody tried to challenge me. So that was the only, that's all come, that's the only thing that comes to my mind when I look at this. Jean-Luc grew up in the 1980s in the suburbs with his mom and dad. So I was born and raised in Montreal, but I grew up in, uh, well, it was, it's a city. I mean, it's a, it's a suburban area of Montreal called Laval, which is basically just uh, the North Island of, of uh, Montreal. And uh, yeah, so I would say probably population right around a million people up there. So it's a big suburban area, obviously. But uh, yeah, just grew up there. Uh, no brothers, no sisters. So it was just uh, mom, dad and I. So I was an only child and uh, had a lot of, uh, you know, close family and cousins around. But uh, it was just the three of us. When he first took to the ice, it wasn't to play hockey. I was a late starter. I started probably, I think, seven was when I was first on the ice as a skater, but it was not uh, playing hockey, believe it or not. I was uh, I started with figure skating. Uh, my parents, so my dad uh, was really busy with work and got my mom to put me in skating lessons, and he thought that was hockey because my parents are from you know, Haiti. So they don't know, you know, they didn't know much about hockey themselves. And uh, after the first year, my dad realized that I didn't have hockey gear. And he was like, he asked my mom, what did he put me in? And she re he realized that I was in figure skating. So the year after, he signed me up for hockey. So my first year on the ice at seven, I was actually in figure skating and then started playing hockey at eight. It definitely benefited me, but I can tell you nobody else was doing it. <laughs> I was the only boy in the figure skating class like i can guarantee you that and i remember it very well uh it was uh listen i was just happy to sweat and move around that's all i wanted but i definitely uh, uh wanted to play hockey which uh i think it was very convenient for my mom to put me in figure skating because uh, i'll tell you right now i don't think my mom watched me play 10 games in my whole life because she she hated the violence and the hits and everything that had to do with hockey and the injuries, she would have been much happier with me just figure skating. <laughs> he was already a strong skater, but Jean-Luc doesn't feel like he found his game until his teens. So first he was playing rec league. And then after that, you know, they always had like the double A, 
double B's, double C's, then ABC. But I always, I think because of my skating, I always found myself in like one of the top groups. So my first year, you know, like uh, Pee-wee, I remember being double B player and then double A my second year and then Bantam, same thing. Uh, but uh, I would say I start as a center and then at some point, I got moved to D because, you know, one of the coach's son was a center and they're like, oh, we're going to put you on D. So I ended up playing back on D and, you know, speed was definitely a great asset at that time. Uh, so I was never, you know, the tallest guy or one of the best players on my team until really I got to Bantam. So when I turned like 14, 15 is really when my game kind of elevated and uh you know once the the physical aspect of the game could start you know when you can start hitting is really when i i really found my game and uh it was very unexpected but uh so my second year bantam i went to major triple a camp before that season uh and i got cut and so i got sent down to play back my, my second year of bantam so played that year in bantam and uh, out of Bantam was the first year that they did the underage draft for the Quebec uh, Major Junior League. And I, I ended up getting drafted uh, by Quebec uh, that year. So, uh, And then when I went to camp, I, I went right to the queue. So I skipped the midget, you know, triple A thing. So I played uh, four years of junior because I played one year underage and I played my 17, 18 and 19 year old uh, up I finished up in Valdor, but that's, uh, to give you a long story short, it was, uh, you know, when did I realize that I had a chance? Honestly, until you sign that first professional deal, you have no idea because, you know, you see so many guys get drafted, never sign. And I was a late, I got drafted in the seventh round by the, the blues. So I was a late, late, uh, draft pick. So you never know what's going to happen and you never know if you're even going to turn pro or you're going to play in the East Coast or you're going to play semi-pro hockey. I mean, I had no clue. Uh, so it was, uh, I was just very lucky to, to be in a great organization uh, in Buffalo that uh, gave me a chance. Jean-Luc didn't play hockey all year round. He loved summer sports and can see why it benefited him. I remember, you know, growing up and I skated, played hockey. And then once, you know, what, March came around. My hockey gear was literally like zip it up and it was literally in the basement and I wouldn't touch it again until like September because summertime for me was just swimming and playing soccer, 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 soccer all day. And then once soccer's over, I got my gear back and went to training camp. Now you see these kids and, you know, it's especially in the States, right? This it's become a 12 months a year thing and those kids are not getting a break and the parents are, I think the parents are having more fun traveling than the kids themselves. But, you know, you take a 10 year old and you travel and, you know, four or five hour trip every other weekend to go play hockey after a while it takes a toll. And that's why right on 15, 16, you see a lot of these kids are just like, I'm burnt out. I just want to be with my friends and, you know, have a social life. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of parents, they chase the, that triple a dream like you know triple a will get to the nhl but it, it is it's the furthest thing from the truth and try to make parents understand that is the hardest thing you can't want it more than your kids want it jean Luc was lucky to have been exposed to some great influences and exciting new training techniques you know as far as like 
coaches growing up. Uh, my Bantam coach, his name was uh, Louis Cazelle and Raymond Chevalier. That was their name. And they were just two volunteer coaches that uh, both of them could not skate. I mean, you put them on skate, it was the funniest thing. You know, you think Ken, Ken Hitchcock, right, coaching you. I was like two Ken Hitchcock coaching, but they were so passionate about uh, the game. And, you know, now you have to remember, this is like early 90s. They were, uh, I don't want to say ahead of the game, but they were definitely thinking the game a different way than most, most coaches were. And uh, th- there was a lot of individual skills, things that we did as a group that were seemed ludicrous to us. And, you know, it was all based on skating. And I remember once a week would do a practice where our skates completely unlaced. Like basically it was like, you should be able to skate with your skates not tied. It was one of the themes and we're doing crossovers and pivots. And I'll tell you, beginning of the season, it was horrible. By the end of the year, till this day, I don't have to tie my skates really to skate around because my balance and my ankles got so strong from it. And you would do that today and you'd probably get a lawsuit on you. But I'll tell you, it was really amazing to watch how our team went from skating on par to being some of the best skaters. And, you know, obviously that's one of the keys to hockey. John Luke's parents supported his passion for hockey, but it couldn't come at the expense of his education. It was never something that, you know, I'm like, you got to be a hockey player because that's too much pressure to put on a kid. And that's how I was raised. My parents, you know, was school first and hockey's for fun. You get bad grades or something, you get in trouble at school, you're skipping the game. I'm sorry. It's not happening. They called it a uh, dessert or a cookie. You know, it's like, hey, you do good in school. Here, you'll go to hockey. But if, you know, if one was going, forget it. Hockey was no go. So for me, my reason why I was doing my best in school was simply because I love hockey and I love sports. (laughs) If you're enjoying My Hockey Hero and thinking about starting your own hockey card collection, I'd suggest you start with eBay. eBay is all about connecting communities and fueling passions. Because of its thriving card collector community, I was able to make my dream come true by collecting the rookie cards of the NHL's black and biracial players. Start your own collection at ebay.ca slash hockey cards. At 16, Jean-Luc was sent to camp and the experiences broadened his horizons. So I got to my first camp at 16 and, you know, it was like I was by far the youngest one because everybody else was, you know, 17 to 21 year old. So, uh, you know, you go from playing with your peers your whole life to playing against, you know, man with a beard and you barely can grow, you know, a hair on your, in your armpit. So it was definitely a big, big uh, a jump and difference. But, uh, you know, the Billet family I was with was fantastic. Uh, the coaching staff, the players, everybody was great. So I think it was all about being in a safe environment. And I enjoyed my first year in Quebec. It was unbelievable. And then I got traded at the end of that season and uh, got traded to Val d'Or, Quebec, which is way up north there. And uh, that's where I spent my last three season. And when I first got up there, you got traded. I was crying like a child because I was so upset and ended up being three of the best years of my life. So I, I enjoy uh, the experience was great. 
lots of game, lots of travel. From Val d'Or, it was one of the farthest teams, so you travel by bus. So you're thinking 72 games. Uh, that means what, like 36 road trips. Uh, my first season, the shortest road trip was four and a half hours to Hall and uh, Gatineau. But, and then the second closest was about six and a half, seven hours. So I spent a lot of time on, you know, riding the bus in a snowstorm and try to do some studying at the same time. So that was definitely a challenge, but a great experience. And I wouldn't change it for the world. Jean-Luc always felt part of an inclusive community and developed a mindset that would shield him from abuse. So I grew up in a, in a community that was mostly like Greek. Yeah, I was the only black guy, black player on my team, probably all the way through junior, all the way till I got to juniors. But I've never, and when I say never, I never encountered any racism or direct racism in games, aside from one time when we were in a tournament way out in the boonies, uh, where there was an incident that happened on a bus when another team got on the bus with us but that's literally the only time that i ever encountered any kind of racism so it was very inclusive community and league because you know there was like italian indians greek whites i mean every you know remember now this is you know montreal you know early 80s it's like a true melting pot so we had you know the names went from McCarthy to Piliotis to, you know, Pentagonis to, you know, any name you can imagine. There was that kind of like uh, mixed background on the team. So I never really encountered anything. Uh, and then obviously in, in the pros, you know, nothing never really happened. But I would say one incident, once it gets to junior, it definitely gets nasty. And I'll tell you, like, that, you know, junior hockey in Quebec, <laughs> you're thinking like, Honestly, it's like, where am I? Because I remember some nights where you're in some building and you're like, really? Like, and I'm talking, it was not just the crowd. We're talking like coaches too. And, you know, some of the stuff, but I'm, you know, you can ask my wife. She's actually in the house right now. And she, she'll tell you. She, I'm really good at blocking noise. I, I, you know, it's like when I'm focused, I really don't pay really attention to what's going on in the background. So have I heard things? Absolutely, I have in juniors, in arenas, whether it came from the crowds, but it was never something that it's like, unless I really told somebody what I heard, they would have been like, well, I don't believe, it. you know what I mean? So for me, it's almost like I created that shield around myself where I didn't let me, let it affect me. And, you know, if it affected me, you know, you know, I, I didn't tell many people. And honestly, that it did not really uh, alter my you know, my curve of learning or my growth. And I never have any uh, uh, harsh feeling about what happened in the past because to me, it's just ignorance. And, you know, I moved past it. In 1995, Jean-Luc was drafted to the St. Louis Blues, making the leap to the NHL while still a teenager. Uh, that was 1995. So I did go to draft. Uh, I got my, my, my draft here, I got a bunch of injuries so i my stock dropped pretty fast so it was a long day for sure seeing all your friends and you know buddies getting drafted and you're still waiting but uh, to me it was just more motivation than anything else and i just ended up going to one camp in st louis 
uh, that's in that in that fall, and I got traded literally halfway through that season. So I was still playing junior hockey, and uh, the Blues traded me to Buffalo for I forgot I forgot who it was. It was like a defenseman and another player, and I was in a package and uh, got moved to Buffalo. So your first NHL training camp is so surreal. You're just looking around and you're like, I can't believe I'm here. So you know, I was probably just like a cone with skates uh, for that camp and. Uh, but really, I grew up in the Buffalo organization because that's where, uh, you know, I, I really grew as a player, as a young man. And uh, they're the one that I, I signed my first uh, professional contract with. Jean-Luc can remember every detail of his first game for the Buffalo Sabres. That was fun. So I remember I was in Rochester and I got a call the night before uh, from my coach uh, in Rochester, was uh, Brian McCutcheon. And he said... Hey, he's like, you got the call. And I was like, I was like, whatever. I'm like, who is this? He's like, it's Brian. I'm serious. He's like, morning skate tomorrow. You're playing. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember freaking out, called my parents, went to sleep. I don't know if I really slept that night, but then I drove up to, so Rochester to Buffalo was about 50 minutes from my, so I drove up and I had morning skate. And I still remember we're playing against the San Jose Sharks uh, and it was at home. And that was my first game, and I was super nervous. But before the game, I was nervous. And once the game started, I was like, okay, this is good. And I'll never forget, we won. I forget what was the score, but I remember I was plus four. We won four to one or something like that, and I was a plus minus four. And I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) So that was my first experience. And then my second game was uh two days later we played against the Detroit Red Wings it was at home and I remember looking across and seeing Fedorov and Iserman and all these guys are going around and I'm like this is like a dream I mean I was playing these guys last week on my video games and there they are spinning around and it seems like they were skating so fast because I was near the red line and they were skating in circle. I could just feel the breeze coming through. And I'm like, this is, this is really unreal. So that was a, that was a big wake-up call. But uh, I definitely remember, uh, you know, those first two games. After a major injury, Jean-Luc decided on a career change. He moved to Europe and his whole family got to experience something new. So for me, uh, when I was, uh, I think I was like 27, 26, 27, uh, I... So after the lockout, basically, I right before the lockout, I injured my uh, orbital bone. Uh, I took a puck and broke my orbital bone. Then I got in a fight right after and completely destroyed it. So I had to get surgery. And after I got the surgery, my eye was never the same. I kept getting, uh, it was not like a concussion, but every time I got any kind of impact, whether it was just a hit or a body check, I would get double vision right away, almost like it wasn't quite repaired right. And uh, playing in the NHL without a visor, and it's not like I was going to start playing with a visor because I was a pretty physical guy. I was like, this is not worth it. And after the lockout, I literally decided to go over to Europe because during the lockout, I was in Sweden, really enjoyed the experience. You know, there was less games, you know, don't have to deal with fighting and all that stuff because the, the game was a little different, you know, in 04, 05. And, uh, you know, my family, you know, really enjoyed it as well, my wife and kids. And I was like, after that, I was like, I'm not going to go get 
my face destroyed again and then have to deal with surgery. And every time I go in the corner, it's not that you're afraid, but it's literally like I'm getting double vision every single time. And it's hard to play a sport with a puck when you see four pucks on the corner of your eye all the time. I was like, it's not worth it. And uh, that's why I decided to go to Europe full time. It was, it, it was kind of like uh, a dream vacation where you're playing hockey, getting paid, but also, you know, for the families, it was a great time because, you know, everybody dreams of going to Europe. Now I was getting paid to be there and, you know, we got to do so much travel and get out of our system uh, early on. And, you know, for my kids, I think it was a great experience to be able to really understand what the world is all about because, you know, uh, you know, you grew up in suburban United States and you think, Oh, this is life, but it really isn't. And for them to be able to explore the world and open their horizon was really powerful. Although now retired, Hockey is still a big part of John Luke's life. The director of our hockey program here in Columbus, uh, which it's called the Elite Development Program. So we basically takes kids all the way from squirts to Bantam and, uh, you know, graduate them, you know, to the next step, whether it's high school hockey or, you know, uh, you know, triple A or whatever they want to play. And then uh, also, and but our program is based uh, heavily on skills. And not so much on game and competition. So that's one of the thing that, you know, we talked about it earlier, you know, skate, big emphasis on skating, recognizing, you know, the game. We don't, when we, when our teams play games, we don't dump the puck and we don't have set breakouts. It's literally, you know, we're playing hockey and it's really fun to watch the amount of creativity that comes with the, from these teams. Uh, so to us, uh, that was really powerful. Actually, one of our team, not try to brag here, but one of our team, the, our U14 team uh, went to Denver this year in the USA, uh, USA Hockey Finals. So they, they, they made the top four in the nation. To me, it's not just like, you know, you talk about diversity, it's like color, but we also have, we try to take as many girls as we can on the program uh, because to me, if you try to grow the game, you got to grow the game. And it can't be just like, oh, we need to grow these people. And it has to be everyone. We're trying to get everybody to play the game. We're trying to make it accessible. And that's really hard. So what advice does Jean-Luc have for us? It's kind of like anything in life. If you want to have success, you got to work hard, which is the obvious. But one of the things that a lot of people don't talk about is like, whether it's hockey, whether it's whatever you want to do for a living as you know, when you get older is like, find something that you're passionate about. You know, if you're not passionate about hockey, it's going to be hard to enjoy it and have fun doing it and get better. Uh, so to me, it's really, if you love the sport and you're passionate about it, the only thing missing is working hard and you'll be successful. To me, that's really it. Because if you're having fun and you know, you go to work, but it doesn't feel like work. You know, a 4 a.m. practice should never feel like a burden. You know, the day that, you know, you don't want to wake up for that 6 a.m. or, you know, 7 a.m. practice is probably the day that you need to reconsider are you really wanting to play hockey? Because to me, that's one of the biggest things that I notice with kids is like the ones that are the best are not necessarily the one that are the most talented or, you know, you know, we're giving more opportunities, the one that really loved the game. So uh, th that's the key for me. Key to success is passion and hard work. We're proud to be working with Hockey Equality. 
Hockey Equality is on a mission to create diversity at all levels of the game of hockey by lowering financial barriers for BIPOC female and other equity deserving youth hockey players. If you've been moved by the stories shared on this podcast and want to help make hockey accessible to all, check out hockeyequality.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast but would like to dive deeper, then check out our extended version of this interview at Recognize, Black Hockey Heroes of the NHL. You can click on the link in the show notes or find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can see the cards of the players in my collection at blackhockeycards.com. This has been a Podstarter production. production.